Experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages. Or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available. Visit our friends at Waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings. With over 500 seasonings to choose from, there's something that everyone will love. They even have step-by-step videos and how-to articles at Beachistics to help you go from animal to edible. Use coupon RANGERS15 at checkout to save 15% on your first order at Waltons.com. Waltons, everything but the meat. This is Ranger Prospect Wayne Krim, and you're listening to the Ranger Report Podcast. The Ranger Report. Yeah, the Ranger Report. If you want the inside scoop, listen to the Ranger Report. Oh, here we go. This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. everyone welcome to the ranger report podcast i am ben Dieter. you can find me on twitter at bdeter 75 i am cj berryman you can find me at cjb underscore rr on the bird app and we are joined by 1310 the tickets and diamond pods uh tepid participant participate eh, look at that i'm good at english tepid participation how are you today <laughs> sir I'm good, man. I'm good. You can just call me Michael. Everyone screws that up anyway. So I, just, I, just, I just call you Tip. I just call you Tip. That that that's. So I I've been there since 2008, going to game. I'm I'm almost certain that about half the people I encounter on a daily basis have no idea that I have a real name. My name isn't. <laughs> you know, I mean, they don't. They don't. They don't even, they haven't even processed that. So yeah, I, I'm TP, I'm tepid. I'm, you know, Michael to a lot of people, but, um, but yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure to join you guys. Happy to be here. I appreciate it. Yep. And so if you haven't listened to it, you guys need to go check out the diamond pod, but I wanted to start with, you know, a super serious question, right? Uh, we've, we're a month into the season. Uh, the Rangers are probably a, a, a terrible team, right? And Corey Seager's a bust and Marcus Simeon's a bust, right? If you, if you follow a lot of the, uh, the Cowboys slash Rangers fans on Twitter, this, this is the worst team in history. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, to me, it's just, it's just crazy. We talk about that a lot, just how. And Adoles Garcia sucks. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, now, now out of all of those guys, I will say that the chances of Adolis Garcia sucking are far greater than those other two guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would, well, you're, you're holding your breath waiting for Marcus Simeon to hit 140 for the season. <laughs> you're you're going to die. Yeah, well, um, we, gonna, gonna <laughs> explodes, but I saw Adolis, you know, we, we saw him with the Cardinals. He rolled through with Springfield and, and even then he was a incredible physical specimen. Yeah. But, you know, always remember there's a reason a guy's a rookie at 28. I mean, that's never a great sign. Now I can't believe that they've been able to, to get the value out of him. I think last year, I think he ended up being a three and a half win player which 
that's pretty damn awesome from your center fielder. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, a guy that you were trying to, and the funny thing is, you know, one of the things that I don't let the Rangers front office guys or the scouting department take a victory lap on is Adolis Garcia last year because they DFA'd him in February. Yeah. So I remind them of that, like, Hey man, how about Adolis? I'm like, yeah, the guy you released and then no one wanted him. So you said like, let's not take a victory lap on that. You yourselves have been shocked by this because you tried to get rid of him. Um, but I mean, he's, he's turned out to be kind of a breath of fresh air and he is a, I, I don't know if you guys have, have had a chance to see him in person, but that it is Ben has, I think. Yeah. I mean, he looks like, he looks like an outside linebacker. Yeah. Like he is, he is absolutely jacked and, and, and seems by all accounts to be just a really, really good dude, really nice kid. And, um, or guy, I mean, he's not a kid, but well, uh, he, you know, it, Tep, he, he, Tep, he reminds me of Elvis Andrews, the way he enjoys playing the game. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of that Latin flair and, and, you know, obviously he's Cuban and, and Elvis is Venezuelan, but it's, it's, he plays the game with passion. He doesn't take anything for granted. And and I, I just love watching the guy play. I mean, I still too much swing and miss for me to project. I, I think he's a great right now. He's a role five player. So that's an everyday player on a non-playoff team. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know that he's a 60 grade player, meaning an everyday player on a, on a playoff contender. Um, you know, but, I mean, shoot, he's, he's, he's been everything that they'd hoped for and, and way, way, way more. So kind of playing with house money with anything Adolis gives you, but I, I still can't believe sometimes that Corey Seager's on the Rangers. I know you mentioned, <laughs> him. I mean, it's, it doesn't make much sense. I yeah. mean, it's still amazing to me. And one of the days in spring training, you know, if you guys have been out there, the first two fields are the big league fields. And then, I usually just walk right past those and go to what are, what is known as the backfields because they literally are in the back part of the complex. And that's where all the minor leaguers are. Every once in a while, I've learned over all the years, every once in a while, I need to stop in at the big fields and, and sort of recalibrate my eyes and remind myself what it looks like. And this year I had a chance to, at, just as I was walking in, I was, there was nobody else there really. And I walked in and, just so happened that as I was walking in, Corey was getting into the cage for a full round of BP. And I stood there and watched a full round of his, I think four sessions, you know, probably eight to 10 pitches of each. And it was, it was incredible for me because it reminded me very quickly. That's a $300 million player. Like the ball was, the bat was loud. The ball was 300, sort of 350 to yeah. 350. Yeah. I mean, it was, <laughs> It was such a beautiful swing. It was effortless. It was, he was in there doing work. He was going the opposite field. And then when he was using his a swing and, and trying to pull the ball, it was clearing the fence by 40 feet. I mean, it was, it yeah. was really remarkable to watch him. And, and I think that um, obviously it's a, it's a long, long, long-term commitment they made to him. But I think that Rangers fans should be happy that this guy is, is their shortstop at least, I think he's probably got another, and I, I'm one of the bullish guys on him. I think he's got another four or five years at short. I really do. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and until, and also the other thing too, is nobody's bumping him off that position anytime soon. No, nope. no. Nope. You know, I mean, Ezekiel Duran, I get to watch every day. I'm going to head over to the ballpark in just a little bit and watch him again. He's not going to bump him off a shortstop. No, um, there's, there's nobody coming up. I, I watched a lot of Maximo Acosta and surprise. He's not going to take Corey Seager's job. 
Um, you know, Daniel Cueva, who I really like, who's in low A. Um, he's an athletic kid. He's not going to take Seager's job. And so I'm one of the more bullish guys on his ability to stay at short. I think he's there for a half a decade, and, and I think Rangers fans are going to enjoy it. I think you're right. Let's look at AAA for a minute. I know you do Frisco more because that's where you live, isn't that? Well, that I've got a area? whole lot of questions about you or, or for you <laughs> about, about you. Wow. AAA. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start. How long does Leody need to play the way he Bingo. is before he gets called up? You know, I don't know. My biggest thing is when he does get called up, not to um, – what's our language barrier here? It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I really don't – I just really don't want them to screw around with him is the yeah. best way I can put it. When That's they bring him, what I felt they did last year. That's what I felt oh, they sure. did last year. Got a, there's kind of a history of that because it's really hard to bring somebody up and just sit there and go through the growing pains with them. Yeah. It's not fun. It's not fun for anybody. Sometimes it's not fun for the player and they've with Leodi in the past. My thing is I, I am not terribly interested right now in bringing him up to platoon. Um, no, think, he's got to play every day. Yeah. I think that when, whenever you're ready to make that move and, and to be realistic, I, if it's another 30 days, if they bring him up June 1st, I think that's fine. Put him in center, move a to right and continue your platoon and left. Um, I think that's fine. Um, but you, you've also got to talk to a about that. Um, to be honest, I mean, that dude, as we mentioned, he's, he's not in a sphere, but he's good enough, and he's earned the right to be able to say, I get this position um, to a certain extent. I mean, obviously, that's still a manager and a front office's decision, but he could put up a stink if he wants to. And if he's fine with moving to right field and, and Leody continues to hit the ball well, and it's a lot of stuff, too. I want to remind everybody, there's a lot of stuff that we don't see that goes into May and we see, we see the, the numbers, we see the batting averages and things like that. Now we're getting to see exit velocities um, in AAA only, which is really nice. Um, and he is definitely hitting the ball harder, but there's a bunch of factors that go into whether or not a guy is ready for that. Most notably the one we'll never see, which is maturity and, and how, how calm is, you know, what's going on in his head, you know? And I think that, in Leody's case, certainly, I think some of the times that he had been up before, maybe wasn't ready. You know, yeah. maybe just the brain wasn't ready. The heart wasn't ready. The emotional maturity wasn't there. And that's one of the things that, that as fans, we're never really privy to. Because anyone can just look at Leody's slash line right now and go, holy shit, why isn't this, put this guy up. Like, yeah. Cole Calhoun sucks. This guy doesn't in AAA. Well, I got news for you. Two things about that. One, Cole Calhoun is... He deserves at least another month because he's got a big league track record. And two, Cole Calhoun would probably put up that same line in AAA. <laughs> like, yeah. He could probably hit 368 in AAA. He's hitting 130 <laughs> with a 300 OPS. He's terrible in the big leagues right now, but, you know, and he's got a good clubhouse presence. Um, so, long answer to your question, as I'm known to give, um, I, I think it's probably, I would like to see June 1st. Um, and then if everybody is amenable to it, I'd like to see Leody up in center and, and Adolis and right continue the platoon and left and make sure Adolis is ready for it. You know, just check his head, you know, make sure he's ready to come up and stay up. 
All right. So we got to ask about another one. And this is, uh, we had him on the podcast, Bubba Thompson. Oh yeah. What have you seen yeah, you from had, Bubba? Bubba's awesome. Isn't Bubba yeah. fun? Bubba is a yeah, lot of fun. He's, <laughs> the, the, that's got to be the funniest interview. Ben can attest to this. Yeah. Funniest interview because he was just so simple. He's like, I just want to play ball. Yep. I just want to play ball. No, and, that's, that's it. I mean, that's Bubba in a nutshell. Um, I, I think Leody Tavares can be an every player. I really do think he's a, he can be a, a role five player. Um, I have much more questions about Bubba being a role five player, but I, two years ago, I didn't even think Bubba was a big leaguer. I do think he's, a no, big he had a bad year. Bad yeah, and year. Well, and he's always had contact issues. He still has them. I mean, that dude, he's got, he did walk a couple of days ago. I don't know if you guys saw that, but I launched some fireworks um, out here in Frisco. <laughs> Threw a party. We rode four wheelers around the, you know, the parking lot. <laughs> he drew a walk. So the dude has one walk in 25 Ks. In like he does, eight. yeah. He does not see pitches. He just no. doesn't. No, he's there to swing, which is listen, that's not great in the minor leagues. You take that shit to the big leagues and they will eat your lunch. Yeah. I mean, especially, well, the first time they see you and you haven't seen their breaking stuff, they're going to eat your lunch. And then nowadays you get into the fifth inning and now you just got nasty reliever after nasty reliever coming in. Every reliever in the big leagues, it seems like these days has two plus pitches. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of the, the MO now for a reliever. So if you're a, a low contact, high swing and miss guy these days, you know, that's trouble. However, Bubba and, and, one of you guys know who Don Welke is. You ever heard that? Name? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Don Welke. Yep. So I, I was fortunate enough, um, you know, to be able to learn a lot from Don, um, at, back in the days. And, and he was very, very generous with his time for me for several years. And one of the things that he used to always stress about a bench player, cause you can look at somebody and say, well, he's not good enough to be a, a everyday guy, but he can be on the bench. One of Don's things was that he used to always stress to me, if you're going to be a bench guy, you have to be able to impact the game from the seventh inning on. So if you're going to be a bench guy, maybe you just have crazy power. Maybe you are a backup catcher with a huge arm who can control the running game. But for the most part, a bench guy is an extra outfielder who's, in Bubba's case, he can steal you a base. He can take an extra base where another runner couldn't. You know, if you're comfortable with in this game and you've got Heim and Garver and, and Heim started and he gets on first and it's two to one, sub his ass out, put Bubba out there yeah. and let, you know, if it's the, if there's nobody out, <laughs> and, and, I, I want to, I want to ask you about that tip. Um, so the other night I got pissed off at Billis Garcia because Nate Lowe works a hard, hard, hard walk. He gets on first, and then they put Eli White. They sub Eli White right. in, and Adolis swings at the first damn pitch. Yeah, well, we already talked about Adolis, didn't we? <laughs> There's a reason you're a rookie at 28. That pissed me yeah. off so bad, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah well, it, he's – Adolis is kind of like Bubba, to be honest. I mean, that's – he had a very similar profile when he was yeah. in the minors. Adolis yeah. did. Like, tons of swing and miss, not a huge on-base guy but he can play center field. He can run, he can catch, he can throw. He's got a great he can, arm. Yeah. 
Yes. And he can impact the baseball when he hits it. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Now, you know, you've got to hit it more often to become a regular. And that's what Adolis did, quite frankly, was Mm -hmm. he started hitting the ball a little bit more regularly in 2020 and 2021. Um, And I don't know if Bubba can make that transition, but if he can, he's definitely a big leader. I mean, he's going to, he's going to get there. I think Bubba may get there later this year um, to be honest in in some capacity, but he can impact the game off the bench of various reasons, various ways. And so because of that, there's a role for a guy like that at the big league level. Yeah, I agree. Uh, looking at Frisco now, looking at the rotation, you got lighter, you got Bradford who had one rough outing, but it's looked pretty good. Otherwise you've had uh, Cole Reagans has done pretty good. I mean, and my guy, yeah, Justin Slayton. So I'm going to ask you about, I mean, yeah, that I'm rotation ask you about, yeah, that rotation has looked pretty good so far other than that one outing by Bradford, but what have you seen? And, and how many of these guys you think have a shot of actually maybe a bullpen role later this season for the Rangers? Oh, I don't know about this season, but I think a lot of them have a bullpen role. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them have big league futures. I mean, that that's the nice thing about this pitching staff is there's a lot of dudes. Yeah. I mean, now, now granted, I, I don't know that I see a lot of starting pitchers. I think the one, two, and three, in the rotation, um, our starters. And by that, I mean, I go lighter Reagan's Bradford. Mm-hmm. I think those are the kind of guys that have a chance to become a starter at the big league level in various capacities. Obviously lighter could be a two, yeah. uh, you know, and Bradford could be a five. Um, but when I look at someone like, like Bradford, for example, he's a crap. There's always room for a crafty lefty. You know, Bradford reminds me of, reminds me of West Benjamin. I mean, like he's. Oh, that's yeah. a name drop right there. All right. Get, like he'll get there, and there's always a place in baseball for a crafty lefty who can move the ball around and doesn't walk guys. You know, I mean, you know, shoot, that's that's Oakland A's mo right there these days. But um, that's what I've seen from him. Um, I love Slayton. I think Slayton's probably a big league reliever. Um, I, I do like a lot from what I've seen from him. Weems, who's starting right now, is definitely a big league reliever. Yeah, Avery Weems. Yeah. For, for a few reasons. One is he's got – he's a fastball slider guy, and he's he sits kind of mid-90s. Like, he's been like 94 to 95, touching six, you know, touching seven, and he's left-handed, and he has a really good slider. And so that makes me think, because he doesn't really have a great third pitch, that makes me think reliever. But then he's also got some pretty well-manicured facial hair He's got a lot of tattoos <laughs> and those exceedingly tight pants. Yeah. So he is dead. That is, there is just lost no my mic. I was left-handed laughing, reliever, like, profile. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no more left-handed reliever profile than, than kind of a hyperactive guy with a full sleeve and, you know, a, a nasty fastball and slider and, you know, and then you got, speaking of full sleeve tattoos, you got Reagan's and he's been fantastic. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see him, but yeah, he's been 93 to 96, really good fastball command. Um, for him, it's gonna, he's a big leaguer, but it's going to come down to one thing, which is the, the arm and the, and the fatigue is yeah. going to be a fact. I mean, everybody knows the injury history. That's an arm held together by bailing wire and duct tape. Like, you know, and, and when we saw him last year in August in Frisco, he was 88 to 90. 
and, and I've talked to him about it and he said, you know, I just, that was his first year pitching. And after three years, yeah. And he said, I just didn't have anything left in the tank. So I think that for him, this is an important year, but it's not really an important April or May, if that makes sense. Yes, sir. It does. It's going to be for me with Reagan's. It's going to be, give me July and August. Let's see when it gets hot. Let's see once you're on start 17, 18, 19. Um, and, and they're doing an amazing job. And I give Cole a ton of credit because that's a, that's some backbreaking shit that he went through emotionally. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know what you guys know of that, but remember he was, he went through full rehab from Tommy John. And then he was, it was on the day. It was the day before the warm up the day before he was supposed to take the mound for the first time in 14 months and, and the repaired ligament gave out. So he literally went back to day one and, and in the rehab assignment. And I love the kid. I couldn't be rooting for him more. And the changeup is filthy. I mean, it is, it is a beastly pitch. Um, so he's, but he's, he's trying this year. He's working really, really hard on using the curveball and slider more because he, like all kids will fall back to his best pitch, yeah. which the changeup just eats up righties. I mean, he's left-handed and he'll go fastball in fastball in change up away. And it is lethal. But like I said, I mean, for Reagan's, it's going to come down to what do you got? What do you got July 28th? You know, what do you, what do you do in August 9th? Mm-hmm. Give me, your, give me your, some of your data points and let's see how you're doing. And he's doing everything that he's supposed to do. His arm care routine is insane <laughs> and he, he doesn't miss a minute of it. So I'm rooting for him. What do you think about Sam Huff? Uh, it's, as a person, I love him. Um, as a prospect, I've got a lot of questions. Um, another guy with contact issues. And he, he, he reminds me of like a, a right-handed Joey Gallo. Yeah, but you got to remember, Joey hit 320 when he was in Frisco. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And played, true. A, and played a good third base. I mean, he really did. Um, you know, 320 with a 400 OPS because he was drawing walks. Um, you know, I... I don't know is my, my, my honest answer. Am I rooting for him? Hell yes. Yeah. I watched him catch again in surprise. He is just it, his size difference there. It's, it doesn't even, it's, it's just odd. Like you just see it and you're just like, it's the first thing you notice. Like, Holy crap. Like that is an absolute Hulk in that catcher's gear. I mean, it's like, you know when Cam Newton first hey, came along? Yeah. Cam Newton. Yeah. <laughs> And everyone's like, when Cam Newton would go in the huddle broke at Auburn. The, broke, broke the rookie record for most passing yeah. yards. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was like, I remember him in the, in the huddle at Auburn and just being like, what the hell? <laughs> <It's> the <quarterback. laughs> Is that the quarterback or the tight end? Or, the, you know, like. <laughs> well, I, I'll never forget it. It was, uh, they had him on uh, Golik and Greenberg mm-hmm. uh, on ESPN. And they had DeMarcus Ware who obviously was a monster. Um, But then they had Cam Newton and Greenberg goes, that guy's bigger than DeMarcus Square. Mm -hmm. He's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of eye popping when you see Sam in the catcher's gear and he moved fine. Like I, I'll be honest. I didn't watch a whole lot of him in surprise because he was on the triple a field. And I, my focus when I'm out there is seeing all the a ball guys. You know, so I watched quite a few of his, you know, innings back there, but he didn't have to do a whole lot in the, when I watched him and he was doing fine. 
but I, there's, there's a lot of question marks for me there. Um, the moonshot home runs are fun. Yeah. He, he hits it. It's not normal. I mean, I can tell you that, but, uh, well, let's, let, let's, let's talk about one of his good friends, Ricky Venasco. What do you think about Ricky? I think that he's had a really rough start to the season. Yeah. Um, it, it, to be honest, uh, coming off of Tommy John, he's had a really rough start, but I like his profile so much. And if you told me four years from now, the best closer in the American league is Ricky Venasco. I wouldn't be one bit surprised. Whoa. Um, yeah. I'm Whoa. hoping I, he'll get a million opportunities to start. I mean, he's in high A for Pete's sake, yeah. but he's already on the 40 man. So I was expecting him and Owen White in Frisco. I was hoping. Owen for White's in the, yeah. Like, yeah. Owen White is a different conversation. That's <laughs> I was hoping for them at the beginning of June. I don't necessarily know that I see that right now for Venasco. Hey guys, um, uh, I got an update. Adolis yeah. Garcia just drew a walk. What? Hey. <laughs> that was breaking news right there. Good job. <laughs> and, and you know what? I could tell you the same for Bubba Thompson, but they're in Reno, so they haven't started yet. Oh, so, okay. You know, if we get, there needs to be a party or some kind of fireworks or something. If Adolis and Bubba draw a walk in the same night. Oh, yeah. And if History. they can get Sam Huff to draw, if Huff draws a walk too, <laughs> I'm buying a lottery ticket. Like that's, that's ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, that's my thought on Venasco right now. Um, hasn't had a great start to the season. I love his makeup. I love his mentality, but he's got kind of that reliever vibe to me. Uh, but I say that knowing, first of all, he's going to get 50 more starts in the minor leagues. I mean, he's, they're going to give him a, a million chances. Um, and I say that if he, is, if he does transition into a reliever, that could be an elite reliever. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, could be a, he could be a monster back there. So, but I don't know that he's coming to Frisco anytime soon. I do believe that Owen White probably will. Yeah. Um, he is, he's my favorite. Um, that is, that is special. Owen White is special shit. Um, it really is just the makeup, yeah. the mindset, the mentality, and then the stuff. I mean, he is 96 to 98 in a couple of years. He's going to throw a hundred. Um, he's got a good slider, good change up, good curveball. Um, the slider and the curveball have very different shapes. Um, but good tunneling, like all the data points I've been told are really strong on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he competes. I mean, he's, he's, he's nasty. I mean, he's out there, you know, where he's from is China Grove, North Carolina. He's from about 45 minutes outside of, I was of, stationed uh, over there. Were you really? I stationed in, yep. I was stationed in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Well, there yep. you go. Well, he's from mm-hmm. China Grove. But he reminds me, and I'm not just saying this because of the news of the day. Um, but you know, who's from Hickory, North Carolina and likes to hunt and fish and shoot things is Madison Bumgarner. And I call Owen White bar fight. I call him bar fight white. (laughs) There's kind of some similarities there. I mean, now if you want to have Madison Bumgarner put into perspective, Owen White's 22. By the time he was 22, Madison Bumgarner had closed, started and closed a world series championship game. Yeah, Ben, do you remember that? We were on, we were actually podcasting that night against the Royals. Oh, really? I, I remember. Yes. Nice. Yes. Nice. Very cool. Well, and they is so, so he's not, he's, not, you never like to throw out comps like that because someone will take it and run with it. Yeah. But personality wise, I see some of that. I mean, he missed all of last year because he punched the ground <laughs> in his first start. 
yep. after his own error. Like it was his throwing error and he punched the ground because he was pissed off, broke his hand and was out until September. So, but what I saw from him in surprise was elite stuff. I mean, he is the dist. I can tell you this, the biggest compliment I can give him is that the distance between him and lighter is not that great. Wow. It's not that huge Whoa. In, terms of, in terms of raw stuff. I mean, they are, I mean, they're both 22 years old and people need to stop sleeping on Owen white. Cause that is, that is a unique setup that he has. Cool. Well, one offensive player I wanted to talk about at Frisco, we talked to him at media day is uh, Dustin Harris who started a little bit slow, but has kind of heated up a little bit. What do you see in Dustin Harris? An uh, everyday left fielder. Yeah, I, I really do. I, yeah. I think now he's had some adventures out there. He had another <laughs> one last night. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you guys instead of rolling out there tonight, but I think we're going to get some storms. I kind of want to watch the Mavericks game anyways. So, and I saw the two relievers that I'm hot on Jacobson and Chase Lee. I saw them last night. So Chase. Uh, Lee, the, oh, that's our guy. Yep. Yeah. The our Viper, guy, yeah. the Viper. Dustin, Dustin had another adventure last night. He's going to be fine out there. Yeah. It's just going to take reps. And I give the rough riders and the Rangers a ton of credit. They just keep trotting his happy ass out there. Yep. Like, look, son, you've got to figure this shit out. Like, you're going to be a left fielder. You've got a shot. Yeah. This is your best position to get into the big leagues as soon as possible. Um, he had a terrible first week. He looked overmatched. His body language wasn't great. And all that dude has done since then is hit the snot out of the ball. Now, the minor leagues are using the major league ball this year. So it's oh, okay. dead. There's not a lot of bombs. Um, which is kind of a drag, but nobody's hitting the ball on Frisco harder than him. I mean, he is, he hits the crap out of the ball and he's a ton of fun to watch. He's, he's got himself into a good situation too, where his living, you know, a lot of the guys this year, because the team is paying for it, it's the first time ever Yeah, uh, because they were paying for it. The Rangers got to have some say in who everybody was rooming with because when when the players are paying for it, you can't tell somebody who's going to be their roommate or not, you know? And I think that the Rangers and Dustin did a savvy thing because they put them with some guys who are, are a lot of fun and have really good makeup. Um, full disclosure, whatever. Their house in Frisco, it's him, Kellen Strom, Blaine Krim, and um, Trey Hare, who's an old school veteran on the team. Yep. Those dudes are fun-loving, good head on their shoulders. I would imagine there's a lot of conversations about um, baseball in that house, and then there's a lot of conversations about how many tacos could a rhinoceros have <laughs> four beers. Like those are those are fun dudes, um, and and I think that that kind of helps Dustin. Um, he's a really nice kid, and he that's in, that's. I've said on Twitter and I've said it before that you've got to kind of squint Rangers have a very deep system, but you've got to kind of squint to see everyday players. That's one of the ones you, you, you don't have to squint that hard. You can look at him wide eyed and say, okay, I think that could be an everyday left fielder. I mean, he's 22 now. He hits the ball so hard now that you just kind of dream when I watch him hit, I think how hard is that kid going to hit the ball when he's 25 or 27? The answer is hard as hell. Like he's going <laughs> to yeah. mash it. And I, I think very, very highly of him as a player and as a kid. And 
I think that the sky's the limit for that kid. All right. Well, before we let you go and thank you again for joining us tonight, we really do appreciate it. Uh, we always ask uh, the hard hitting, really important question at the end of uh, every interview mm-hmm. that we do. So we are going to, you're on the you. hot seat now, yep. tip. We're going to hit you with our hardest hitting question. Okay. What is your go-to at Whataburger? Oh, that's just a single with cheese, ketchup, and mustard only. And that, let me tell you, I can tell you right now that you're going to have a lot of guests that will come on here and talk about Whataburger. I've been in the restaurant business now for 31. This Yesterday, the second, I, I got my first birthday on, I've got my first uh, restaurant job on on May 2nd, on my 15th birthday. I'm 46 now. I've been in the restaurant business now for 31 years. No one you're going to have on this show has eaten more damn Whataburger than me. (laughs) It's when you finish work, I have finished, I have never finished work really before 8 PM ever in my life, Mm. you know, since I was 15 years old. Yeah. And I, you know, Whataburger and Taco Bell, there has come a point where as I've grown, that has become more and more of a terrible idea to just have dinner at Whataburger and Taco Bell every day. But I will tell you that I am a Whataburger expert. I have noticed a little bit of a turndown since uh, they were acquired. I'm a little bit concerned about the Chicago hedge fund mm-hmm. screwing up our beloved Whataburger. But, you know, change happens. It's inevitable. And that is my go-to order. And I have – you let me know if someone comes on the show who has had wa- more Whataburger <laughs> – <laughs> it's been 31 years. Like well, you know, this guy. when we had Levi Weaver on, that was how we found out he actually eats was when he, we asked him yeah. the Whataburger. Yeah, question. Levi, we're trying to figure out if Levi drinks, does anything but drink coffee. That's all he does. <laughs> these are these are all very good questions. I mean, I have, yeah, I've shared a lot of time with Levi, but I, I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, we shared a few meals. but Well, yeah, it, 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 Ben was there with him in Frisco for, for media day. And yeah. Levi's wearing a freaking hoodie. hoodie. He was wearing a hoodie. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's. Uh, I think that's. I think that's Levi's whoopee. You know, I, <laughs> I, I think that's his safety blanket. You know, he gets out there and he puts that hoodie on and feels his power. You know, return. And, you know, what a what a splendid writer he is. I can tell you that he's an even better friend, and, and yeah. I'm, I'm happy that we I'm happy we, uh, we love Levi. We love yep. uh, Chris Halleck. We, I mean. Yep. Uh, we love Robin Hearn. Uh, yeah. Taylor's sister. Sure. I mean, and we're now going to fall in love with you. So, <laughs> Yay. well, we've got to get you guys out. I know Ben said that he he might have a chance because he's the local one to, yep. to come out on Saturday night. And if people are listening to this, when will this thing post up? You guys, uh, it'll be up? tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be up tomorrow. Yeah. So if so. you're listening and you have a chance Saturday night, you never know what you're going to get at any baseball field. No. Uh, I mean, everybody knows that you go out and see a no hitter. You go out and see Nolan Ryan. I went, when I was a kid, I went and saw Nolan Ryan in what I believe was the shortest outing in a three. I've got Nolan right here. <laughs> beating the oh, shit yeah. out of Robin Ventura right in front of my desk. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, I saw him go one and a third. Oh, wow. One time. It was, it was awful. Like yeah. I waited for it for weeks and then we got there. <laughs> uh, was it the Blue Jays game? Cause you and I might've been there at the same damn I game. Know, I was I, a little I, bitty kid. Yeah, he gave up seven. So you never know what you're going to get. That said, Saturday night in Frisco has the markings of something special where you've yeah. got Jack Leiter versus George Kirby. Yeah. Let me tell you, Mariner's going to be a problem, fellas. Yeah, I, I agree, mean, man. Uh, me, and ben, me, me and Ben have talked about that. They're, yep. they're coming. Kirby, is, Kirby, I saw him last year. He pitched in Frisco. 
And then he pitched in the opening series. Remember, they just had that little three-day series. Yeah. Yeah. And he sits 97, 98, and he could hit a thimble, a, a, a thimble off a street cone wow. from 66. <laughs> I mean, that dude is – I mean, when you're sitting 98 with pinpoint command, I mean, he's got – he's thrown 25 innings this year. He's got five walks. He's got 32 Ks Dang. and a 1.8 ERA. Whew. He's – he is special. And and then they've got Logan Gilbert. They've got, you know, Matt Brash. They've Mariners going to be a problem. They look like they're going to be a problem anyways. You never know how it pans out, but yeah. if anybody has a chance and they're listening and, and you're just looking for something to do on Saturday night, I know mo- Sunday is mother's day, but come on out and hopefully Ben will, will see you out there and yes, sir. People can come on out. You can sit behind home plate for 21 bucks. Yeah. So, you know, can't beat that. Well, Mike, and thank you for your time, it, sir. And, oh. and send me and send me pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send them out to Amarillo. Well, we were talking before the pod rolled. We got to get you to meet the Carey brothers. They're the most yeah. famous sod poodle these days. Yeah, you yeah. know <laughs> the great grandsons of Harry Carey on the microphone. So, yeah. yes, sir. Yeah, whenever you're here in town, just let us know and and you know let me know and we'll get you out to Frisco. Tep, I uh, threw out the first pitch. I threw out the first pitch on Father's Day last year in Amarillo. Did you really? Did you get it over? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I got a video of it. You go to the rubber? Well, they wouldn't let me. <laughs> they wouldn't let him oh, go really? to the rubber. Yeah, they so wouldn't let me go to the grass. You yeah, stand on the grass? Right in, right in front of the mound. And then I said, I asked the girl that was the media director, I said, mm-hmm. how hard can I throw this? She goes, oh, just, just. She goes, just don't kill him. <laughs> yeah. Just get it there. No, that's get it's it. terrifying. I throw out the first pitch in a couple of high school games that I sponsor from through my pizza shop. And, and it's, there's about 75 people there and I'm 100% terrified. It's, it's terrifying. <laughs> I, don't, I don't envy you at all for doing that. So kudos on getting it to the catcher, Smith. Yay. <laughs> that's a victory. So, but if you're ever here, let us know. And Ben, hopefully we'll see you this weekend. And, Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It was a pleasure to just ramble on about the, uh, it's always fun to ramble on about the, about the farm. It is. All right. Thanks, Mike. We do appreciate it. You got it guys. Take care, care, buddy. Thanks for listening to the Ranger report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at the rangerreport.com.